Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent route. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to discuss the All-22 film of the Jets' newest addition to tight end, C.J. Ozama, who comes in from the Cincinnati Bengals, and Tyler Conklin, who comes in from the Minnesota Vikings. And so to do that, we bring in our friend, the Thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? You know what? Speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm going well. Thanks for asking. I've, it's 1 a.m. here in Australia, and I've got a ginger cat walking past the uh, walking past the window right now. So it's a bit of a sign. He knows that CJ Uzama signed for the New York Jets. He's excited too. Uh, look, I think this is an important move from Joe Douglas because apparently he's not doing anything at receiver. And the Jets' tight end room has been the worst in the NFL for literally a decade straight. So it's good to see some talent. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a bit of a boring watch. To be honest, I had a great time watching these guys film, particularly Conklin. I thought he was fantastic. So I'm excited to talk about them. Let's talk about why you're so excited, Luke. Sounds like you're optimistic about what these tight ends can add to the offense. To be fair, it would be very easy to get an upgrade over what they had because the Jets had no functional tight ends last year. They haven't had one for quite a while. And we're going to discuss both of these guys in tandem. So let's start with the blocking. I know you were very impressed, particularly by the blocking of Tyler Conklin. But C.G. Ozama can block too, and that's important. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so Ozama's blocking, I think it's best in the running game. You don't see a lot of his pass protection stuff because when the Bengals were passing, he was off and out in a route. That's just their offense. That's what Zach Taylor liked to do. There was a lot of five guys out on routes, and that's kind of what LaFleur does at times. So I think it's a good fit. A couple of things stood out to me about TJ, sorry, CJ Uzama, or nearly called him Hujamama. <laughs> but looking at uh, CJ Uzama, I thought he was fantastic on the front side of wide zones and outside zone runs. So that means when he's to the play side and they're running behind him, he can get out in space, he can help combo block if he needs to on a DE. But then he'll get out to the linebacker and he can drive him. He plays with tight hands and he gets movement. It's fantastic. It's all you need from a tight end in the running game. Something we didn't get from Griffin. Trayvon Wesco is the king. And I mean the king of jumping on the ground and blocking no one. So it's nice not to see that on tape. But the other thing I thought that uh, Uzama did extremely well when he's uh, his run blocking, sorry, was what they call split zone runs. So effectively, it's when the offensive line is motioning one direction. Let's say they're filtering right. 
And then you've got Uzama coming from right to left across the back of the offensive line. And he's looking to chop block or wham the unblocked defensive end and open up a cutback lane. So he has an option, the running back that is, on a mid-zone run. He was fantastic. You look at the first game I watched, Minnesota versus Bengals. It just made sense, right? You get to see both of the tight ends in one game, save a little bit of time, watching tons of prospects at the moment. He did it fantastically in that game. Then I threw in another one against, I want to say, Seattle. Did it well in that game. And just went, man, this is a bit of a theme. And look, I'm only watching four or five films or tapes or games of these guys, but it popped up a few times and it was something that excited me. So that really got me going about his blocking There was sometimes, occasionally, when he blocked a defensive end one-on-one, but you saw it nowhere near as much as Conklin, and he's the guy that that really should get you excited as a blocker. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Luke, let's talk about the passing game now because we know that the Jets didn't get anything from their tight ends in terms of production in the air, and hopefully that'll change with Conklin and C.J. Ozama in 2022. Both guys were actually functional in that regard. Both of them combined for a little over a 1,000 yards, which is pretty good for a two-tight end combo. It doesn't mean that either one of them is somehow top of the league. We're talking about guys that were 64th and 88th in the NFL in receiving yards, respectively. Tyler Conklin, 64th, and C.J. Ozama at 88th. They didn't get George Kittle, but they did pretty well here in free agency to add some pass catchers for Zach Wilson at the position. Tell me a little bit about that aspect of their game. Yeah, one thing I dislike that Jets fans do a lot is compare players to just ex-Jet players because it's such a low bar and with general managers and everything alike. But you have to. I mean, look at it this way. CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin both had more receiving yards last year in 2021 than the Jets' tight end room combined. And that's both individually. You put those together, you get more than double the Jets' defense. Uh, sorry, offensive output as far as receiving yards. So there's kind of three areas that I took the film review as far as their passing game. The first one was looking what they can do on crossing routes because Mike LaFleur offense, crossing routes, 12 personnel across the middle of the field. Both do a really good job. Uzama's more athletic. Let's not get that mixed up. He's a big guy. Excuse me. He's a long strider, but he moves well in space. There was an example against the Minnesota Vikings, big fourth down where he creeps across the formation. He's on a bit of a shallow cross but he sees the corner is kind of on his plane and where he's running into. So he starts to veer deeper and deeper into the defensive backfield, just floats and finds this perfect throw for Joe Burrow. And because of his wherewithal over the middle and his ability to understand and recognize zone coverage, he then takes it for a 30 yard gain on fourth, uh, fourth and one, a fantastic play, a really smart player, but the best snap from either of these tight ends in pass, uh, sorry, with the pass reception, was Uzama against the Baltimore Ravens, against Marlon Humphrey one-on-one. Look, he got burnt to like nothing else. He looked like Tremaine Johnson that day, but he's a very good corner. Let's not get him mixed up. He's running kind of this, what I'd call a speedo return. It looks like he's running a crossing route. Then he veers it back and comes back to the sideline towards the bootleg. But as he's doing that, it's actually a fake. And he then snaps his hips, causes separation, and just runs away from Marlon Humphrey. Joe Burrow's got the deep shot, hits him. You think, wow, it's a 40-yard gain. He's going to get mowed down. Puts on the handbrake, jumps inside, and scores a touchdown. Don't underestimate that CJ Uzama can do a little bit after the catch. Fifth best in uh, yards after the catch per reception in the NFL among tight ends last year. Again, he's not George Kittle, but there's upside there. And he's only 28, 29 years old, so... You like to see that. 
Conklin can do a bit of it too, probably not the same, but his strength is when he gets isolated one-on-one in zone coverage against a linebacker and he's running an option route. The intricacy of his movements, the crispness of his routes, he's able to sell them head fakes, open up their hips, attack leverage, run these option routes very effectively. Saw one against the Bengals, scored a touchdown off one later in the season against maybe the Cardinals. So he's impressive there. And then they can both do something after the catch. Uzama took a little bubble screen against the Jags 30 yards. Conklin had another reception where he took a little drag route 35 yards down the seam. You'd love to see that. Jets haven't had it. Look, I think I settled at the rip. This isn't Gronk and Hernandez, but this is significantly better than anything we've had, and that should get you exciting in the pa- excited in the past game. Look, we talk about system fit a lot, and sometimes it gets a little wonky, but it really is something we need to understand because it's very important in terms of the impact that players are going to have on the offense. Talk to me a little bit about how Uzama and Conklin fit in this scheme and why you think Douglas and Salah and LaFleur targeted them specifically to come in here and help. A lot of the guys in free agency this year, Scott, were move tight ends. Mike Desicki never made it there, but he was. Evan Ingram, who got picked up by the Jags on their spending spree of mediocrity, is that move tight end. OJ Howard has never really panned out in the NFL. David Njoku, who ended up back in Cleveland. A lot of those guys don't fit what the Jets want from a tight end. They want inline tight ends who play the traditional Y, who can do things on crossing routes, who can be a pass blocker, but then can also help you in the run game and give you advantages. I thought CJ talked about it really well in his opening presser. He talked about when you're running at 12 personnel in the NFL now, for those who aren't familiar, it means two tight ends. Mike LaFleur likes it. A lot of teams will play nickel against it and they'll stay with an extra corner on the field. So you have a size matchup. But if you've got Mike Jasicki on the field, that doesn't matter. He's not blocking anybody. You may as well have me or you out there, Scott. But if you have CJ and Tyler out there, you can actually make the most and take advantage of those size matchups. And I think that's going to add a bit of a wrinkle we haven't seen from the Jets. You can't do that with Tyler Griffin or uh, even a guy like Kenny Yeboah. They don't have that skill set. So I think it gives you some flexibility. It opens up the possibility to get them out of nickel, maybe get them into a base, get another linebacker on the field. And then you start to attack that player on the crossing routes or Berrios in the slot or whoever else we get. It opens up the offense. That's why this is such an important part of this game. That's why the inline tight end is so crucial opposed to a move tight end. Luke, let's talk a little bit about the impact that these two players can have on the Jets' offense because we discussed the system, but now I want you to break down how you envision Mike LaFleur using them. As we said, they had no functional tight ends last year, so we didn't really get to see that aspect of what this offense can be. Now they've got two tight ends that aren't necessarily difference makers, but they're at least functional and solid and can be used to move the ball in the passing game. Talk to me a little bit about how you envision Mike LaFleur doing that. They're going to be the security blanket for Zach Wilson over the middle of the field, both of them. I think you're going to see Mike LaFleur run even more 12 personnel. And look, this has been a little bit irritating for me. When we've been talking about wide receivers this week on Twitter and online, a lot of people use well, the Jets are going to run more 12 personnel. And they are. Mike LaFleur likes it. You saw Trayvon Wesco. I don't know if you want to classify him as a tight end or a, a fullback, but you saw him on the field way more than you should have last year. Same with Ryan Griffin. That's because he has a propensity to use 12 personnel. And he's going to really lean on these guys like New England did with Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. We didn't invest the money. Thank goodness that those, that club did. 
but I think it's a similar effect and a similar thing that we're going for. So I think it's going to help him to do that. But in saying that, let's remember, you can't run 12 personnel when you're down in games and you're trying to run play action and this kind of garbage when they know you're not running the football. So it's only effective and it's only something you can lean into and maximize if you're in fronting games or they're tight one possession games. Last year in the first eight weeks, the Jets were down by 10 plus in seven out of the first eight games. Pretty sure that's right. Jets need to do a better job if they want to maximize their, their assets and the players they've brought in because they want to use these two on the field together. They have skill sets that complement each other, but they can also be very replaceable and do the same thing. And that's an advantage too. And I think Mike LaFleur will like that and will want to tap into that. So I think they're a very good scheme fit. They're why guys, as I've mentioned throughout the video, they play in line, they're good, versatile pieces, and they're very large upgrades. So I think that's how they'll be utilized. Zach Wilson will like throwing them the ball. They've both got pretty good wingspans. They can catch the ball, reliable hands. You're not going to see him dropping the ball on a quick out like we saw from Tyler Croft a couple of times late in the season. You get a reliable player. You get a versatile piece. Mike LaFleur likes that. Luke, you watch quite a bit of Zach Wilson's tape at BYU, and you watched plenty of his tape with the Jets. Now, there wasn't much of an opportunity to watch him doing anything with the tight ends on the Jets because, as we said, the Jets didn't really have any functional tight ends. But you did see some stuff on the BYU tape that might translate. Talk to me a little bit about how you think these tight ends will impact Zach Wilson and how they may help him in year number two. It's a tricky one, right? Because at BYU and also last year with the Jets, I haven't really seen Zach Wilson throw the ball to tight ends that much. And honestly, with the Jets, it was because there was a lack of talent and they didn't have anyone that was a starting caliber tight end. I thought Croft had an okay skill set, but he's not the guy you want being your starter. And then at BYU, a lot of the time, uh, a guy like Mason Wake, who was playing fullback tight end hybrid, these other kids, they were in line blocking a lot and they were sending three men on these deep play action concepts. And that's what BYU ate with against a lot of the teams earlier in the season in 2020. So haven't actually seen him throw to tight ends a lot. But in saying that, one of the knocks on Wilson or one of the things people weren't sure about was, can he throw over the middle of the field? Ironically, that was his best asset or trait as a passer in 2021 as a rookie. So I think having those guys on crossing routes, running option routes, I mentioned Tyler Conklin really good in that regard. I think that fits what he does pretty well. Throwing with anticipation over the middle of the field was a strength of Zach Wilson's. So I think that fits nicely. We might not have seen it a lot. He hasn't had the opportunity because of scheme, because of blocking protections, because of talent, but I think we will. So do I know exactly what it's going to do for Zach's game? No, I don't. But I think projecting and, and have a look at the skill sets and how they mesh together, I think it's going to be pretty handy for him. Luke, we talked a lot about the positives that these two tight ends can bring to the Jets offense. Any negatives that you think we need to discuss? Because we really want to paint an accurate, full picture here of what these two guys are. I don't think there's an area of their game you look at and go, that's a weakness. I think the weakness of these signings is the ceiling, though. Because we were talking about it a little bit before we recorded, Scott, that if you put these guys... And very respectively, I told you, I, I like their tape. I like their skill sets. I think they're a good fit. But if you put them on the 49ers, if you put them on uh, the Chiefs, the Rams, you don't really see an uptick in production. They're not difference makers by themselves. Are they large upgrades? Yes, they 100% are better than what the Jets have had. But as I've said, that's not the bar I like to use. Would they help the Rams get more depth and be a really nice piece? Sure. 
but I don't think they improve it. I don't think Sean McVay is going out of his way to draw plays up for Tyler Conklin. And that's not a knock on the guy. I think he seems like a good dude. I think he's a really talented football player. I haven't even talked about his blocking yet. I have to talk about that before I get off. But I think the limitation is the ceiling. A little bit of the athleticism. They lack tight end one. You need to scheme for this guy. And because of that, Elijah Moore is going to get open. That's not what they are. They aren't a, a mismatch or a nightmare where they have to be schematically accounted for by defensive coordinators. I think that is the weakness, if that makes sense. It's not that they don't block down well on a defensive guard, or sorry, a defensive guard, and then climb to the second level, or they can't catch, or their route running's poor. I think it's just collectively that they can never take your offense to that place that an elite wide receiver or a George Kittle can at the tight end position. Luke, you said you wanted to talk about the blocking of these tight ends, and I'm eager to hear it because I know you're excited to discuss it. Go ahead. Tyler Conklin's probably the best pass-blocking guard, uh, guard tight end in the NFL. He had the most reps as a pass block. I think it was 68 as a pass blocker, a true pass blocker, the most among tight ends in the NFL in 2021. The Vikings didn't keep asking him to do that because he wasn't good at it. You know what I mean? If you're getting asked to do something over and over again, there's a pretty good chance you're capable. And he's better than capable. There are reps on tape against Nick Bosa, against Chandler Jones, where I'm not kidding. He beats them one-on-one. And it's not like, okay, one rep, and then he got flogged for the other six reps. There were three stalemates, a loss, and a win. And you watched that and went, this is an undersized six-foot-three tight end taking on some of the best pass rushes in the NFL. There was another rep against Daniel uh, Hunter against the Vikings in week one just completely washed him. You'd think you're watching an offensive tackle. And look, I get that it's only going to be 60, 70 snaps a season. And what does that really do for your offense? It can help, but overall, you're probably not going to get the biggest change or lift in production. The dude is scrappy. He works his butt off. If he's a help blocker, there's a rep against Seattle where he goes to block the defensive end. He leaks into coverage. So then he comes down, looks for work and smashes the defensive tackle who's one-on-one with the guard. He works hard. He's got good vision and he just fights. And it was just so fun to watch him pass block. Honestly, I think he's one of the best pass blocking tight ends in the NFL. And that was really cool. Luke, any strengths or weaknesses that you think we missed with Tyler Conklin and CJ Ozama and anything else that you think is worth discussing that we haven't hit on yet? I'd say both of them have very good hands. The games I went through and watched, I think it was four and five games respectively so nine games of film total i don't think i see a saw a drop from either of them which is pleasing because i mentioned some of the drops we had from receivers and tight ends here in new york last year so that was disappointing it's nice to see the guys who could potentially be safety blankets also be very safe with their hands i know it's a very positive review and we tend to be more positive with the players we've signed and you like to be optimistic and Uh, that kind of thing. But I have to say, I I like the leadership intangibles of both of them as well. CJ Uzama, if you talk to anyone on the Bengals beat, any Bengals fan who pays attention to the locker room and kind of understands the bigger picture, he was was the dude. He was part of that turnaround in Cincinnati. Look, I get it's because they brought Joe Burrow in. I'm not an idiot. I understand that. But leadership and locker room culture is a big thing in the NFL. You've got 53 to 90 guys in the offseason who come from different backgrounds have different reasons and wants to play the game, but he's just a guy who brings people together. I was smiling watching his opening presser. 
good dude, full of energy. He's hungry. It comes across on the tape. And then the same with Tyler Conklin. Just that kind of character. High character guys with, in Uzama's case, Super Bowl experience. We talked about it on the Lake and Tomlinson review. That's something Joe Douglas has covered this offseason. I think both of those guys are really high characters and they fit the Joe Douglas mold. So I guess that's a positive. And if you're a culture rah-rah guy, then you've got a couple of guys that really help you in that. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the film of the Jets' newest addition to their tight end room, CJ Ozama and Tyler Conklin. Really appreciate it. I know most Jets fans thought the Jets would add one tight end. I don't know that many of them thought they'd add two. They could still add one in the draft, so we'll discuss that when the time comes. But for now, at least we know that the Jets have made an upgrade at the position and they've got two capable players there now as opposed to years past where they've had nobody that's even remotely capable, and that is a step in the right direction. I think we can all agree. Luke, for those that want to check out everything that we've got up on our YouTube channel and our store at tpublic.com, that's teepublic.com, let them know what they'll find there. The teepublic stuff is awesome. My partner, Alex, uh, helped, helped us design those, Scott. She did an awesome job. You can actually go and follow her on Instagram. She's underscore can I be frank. Um, Alex does an awesome job. You've got the Zach the Ripper shirt with him with the, the headband on and the eye black, and he's got a little bit of blood, bit of a play on words there dripping down the headband. The Zach Wilson says, go long range with the play like a jet logo in the background where he's throwing that ball deep, pointing to Corey Davis to get to the end zone against Tennessee. Bless you. Thank you. Range with Quinn and Williams and JFM, a couple of good dudes who we're obviously big fans of play like a jet logo. And I say this all the time, but it's not just shirts. Chuck it on a pencil case, a sticker on your laptop, phone case, anything you want. You can do it. Gives you tons of flexibility. Check it out, please. That's tpublic.com. And then talking about the YouTube channel, everyone we've talked about, Scott, over the last week, all the free agents, DJ Reed, Lakin Tomlinson, both the tight ends, Uzama and Conkler in the same review, Whitehead's coming up, video on the wide receiver room and uh, the plan from Joe Douglas in the offseason. It's going to be heaps more draft prospects. Uh, we've got a ton of things coming. I know we'll do some more live shows and kind of roundtables with Chris Walker, the guy behind the curtain at Play Like a Jet. So tons of things over there. The channel's starting to boom, so make sure you support it, support the podcast, and we really appreciate it. Make sure that you visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com, and watch our videos on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.